0: Your book, uh, Marxist-Leninist Perspectives on Black Liberation and Socialism, I had just finished a couple, I believe, less than a month ago, and uh, it was an incredible read. I I mean, you really do outline a a critical moment in history. Well, First, you do a sweeping history of the communist movement. You do something very important, which I think is lost on a lot of the movement right now, which is you really analyze the national question and its relationship to Black people in the United States. And so, I wanted to ask you, what was your motivation for writing the book, and, and what, you know, what do you think uh, those of us in the struggle right now can learn from your particular focus in it? Well, uh, I've been in the communist movement a long, a long time. Uh, I, I joined. Uh, I joined the Communist Party back in the uh, mid-70s and uh, 1976, to be exact, uh, after I came out of prison and I I considered myself a communist before, you know, before then, uh, I started considering myself a communist around 1966. But anyway, my point is this here, is that the, uh, uh, the whole entire time I had been in the Communist Party. Uh, I, I, I considered this one of our, our weak points, and that was uh, uh, the position on the national question seemed to me to be very unclear. You know, mm. uh, it, it was like uh, talking about a shadow without without and not talking about who cast the shadow. You know, mm-hmm. we they was we, we were saying, and I'm including myself. We, we were saying that uh, you know the Black Liberation Movement uh, had aspects of the national question. <laughs> it was, it was, so black people were a national question without a nation. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and to me, that's a very uh, odd formulation. Uh, that's like talking about disembodied motion, you know, uh, how are you going to have a, uh, a national question without a nation. And so I started looking into, you know, looking a little bit deeper into the literature, and uh, I, 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 I saw that the uh, that that the that the Comintern and the communist movement in the 30s had a very definite uh, position on this, and so that's 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 what got me originally involved. But I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't decide to write a book on it until about about 10 years ago about about. About 2012, uh, because I, I I felt like uh, like the 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 left and, and, and our movement had lost a lot of momentum by not seeing the Black Liberation Movement as central to the struggle for socialism in this country, you know, uh, and and uh, so I I, I I begin to look at it from that point of view. And I begin to go back uh, in history to see how, you know, to, to trace the historic relationship between two great revolutionary uh, struggles. That is the struggle for black liberation and the struggle for socialism. And there's the rub right there. I consider them to be two revolutionary struggles, uh, and, uh, uh, and 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 I consider the uh, the black liberation movement to be. Longer, <laughs> you know, uh, because you know, uh, 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 capitalism began with the colonization of the world
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, with the slave trade, and, and that's how it began. And so, uh, and and and, and they enslaved uh, indi- indigenous people as workers, and they also stay sl- enslaved a lot of Africans as workers. And and so, the, some of the some of the oldest workers' rebellions in the history of capitalism. Occurred among among black people in places like Brazil, and uh, and, and 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 Haiti, and, and so forth. You know, uh, the Caribbean islands. So, uh, so I, I I I thought it would be productive to look at this uh, uh at at this history. You know, and and, uh, and so we did, and 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 that's how this book uh, came about. You know, we we looked at the history, and. Uh, I want to start with two interesting quotes, you know. Uh, one is from uh, Karl Marx, and the other one is from the Communist International that was formed after the Bolshevik Revolution. Uh, you know, the Communist Manifesto says, "Workers of the world, unite!" Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if, if 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 I didn't know about the subsequent developments of Marxism. I might have fallen for what everybody else fell for, and that was he was talking about white workers. But he wasn't talking about white workers. He was talking about workers of the world. And, and 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 when I read the first volume of Capital years later, it became very clear to me that he was including in that black workers, workers in the colonies, and in, and indigenous people around the world, because he says in 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 in, in, in the first Addition of capital, that labor in a in, in, in a white skin cannot be free, if it's branded and sold in a black skin. That was what that was what Karl Marx says. That was the position taken by the First International. And if you read the letter, the the, the letters between him, Ingalls, and, and 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 Lincoln during the Civil War, that that point is made over and over and over again. There's there's, there's all kinds of documentation. W. B. Du Bois used a lot of this documentation when he wrote *Black Reconstruction* in 19, 1935. There's there's a whole lot of documentation showing that the uh, International Workers' Association not only took a a a, 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 a active public position against the uh, against the civil against the uh, uh, the Confederacy during the Civil War, but they they had workers in England who refused to uh, 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 load, load Confederate ships or unload them, you know. And, and so there was that kind of solidarity being expressed. And uh, there's very little about that in in, 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 in in history books. In fact, virtually nothing, you know. So what happened? What happened was in eight, around 1871, shortly after the Paris Commune, the the, the the First International dissolved. And when it dissolved and the Second International emerged, the Second International did not recognize that fundamental position that Marx and Engels put forward—that labor in a white skin cannot be free if it's branded and sold in a black skin—they ignored that. They did not. The, the, uh, the, the, the social democracy that rose in Europe and the socialist parties that came about in the United States did not fight racism. And 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 the Third International when they when they when they first came about. They, they recognize that because uh, I want to I read, read it. I, I quote it right at the beginning of the book. If you don't mind, you mind me reading it. No, go ahead. Yes, please. It says, this is after the Bolshevik Revolution and when the Third International was formed. It says, the Communist International breaks once and for all with the traditions of the Second International which in reality only recognize the white race. The task of the communist international is to emancipate the workers of the whole world. And then it goes on and talk about, you know, uh, in the language of that period, it goes on to say that in its ranks are, fr- are fraternally united men of all colors. So, uh, and if you read, if you read uh, Stalin's Foundations of Leninism, he says the same thing when talking about the national question in that in that document. He says that uh, the national question, as it was being addressed by the social democrats, uh, they only they only dealt with white people. You know, they dealt with Ireland, Poland, places like that. The people in the colonies, and 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 uh, black people in the United States were not dealt with, and so. In my book, I'm saying that 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 proposition that was originally put forward by the first international, that labor in the white skin cannot be free if if it's branded and sold in the black skin. I'm saying that that is part of the revolutionary essence of Marxism and that that revolutionary essence was violated and betrayed by the second international. And it didn't get restored and brought back until the third international emerged after the Bolshevik revolution. Because the Bolshevik revolution recognized that there was no road to socialism without a national liberation movement, without the freeing of the colonies and the nationally oppressed people under capitalism imperialism.